Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Katie Warren. Thanks for tuning into this worship podcast. Uh, We are now into the month of February, which of course means that Valentine's Day is just around the corner. And no, it's not an official holiday of the church, but it is a a bit of an appropriate timing since today we're going to talk a bit about love. Our scripture passage is quite possibly one of the most well-known or often quoted portions of the Bible. I'm nearly certain you have heard it before. It is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's a section of the Bible all about love. Now, you've most likely heard it read at a wedding ceremony. Couples love to choose this passage because it has the sound of a beautiful, poetic celebration of the love that's found between two people. But today, we'll take a little closer look at what's often referred to as this love chapter of the Bible. What does it 
teach us, actually, about genuine, authentic love? Who is Paul, the author of this letter? Who exactly is he writing to? And how does that shape our understanding of love and possibly some new ways, especially in perspective of our own faith? So with that in mind, let's listen to these words of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. So here's a reflection on Paul's words about love, giving us maybe some new perspective on what it means to love one another. So let's take a listen. I want to take a moment this morning to introduce you to Tyler and Melanie Tapania. Tyler and Melanie were engaged a few years ago, and they set their wedding date for April of 2020. And if you remember what was happening in spring of 2020, then you'll know that they ended up having to hit pause on their wedding plans because of concerns of this new coronavirus that was wreaking havoc on everybody's plans at that point. So the two of them, uh, they live just outside Cleveland, Ohio. And like many couples, they had looked forward to this great big ceremony with friends and family coming together from all over the country. They had the DJ booked and the cake picked out and the catered food all ordered. And like many of us in those early days of the pandemic, they postponed some of their plans until later that year thinking, we'll give it a couple months. I'm sure things will be cleared up by then. And of course, it wasn't. COVID was still around. They didn't think it was smart to have a big party uh, in the middle of a pandemic with hundreds of people. And so they downsized to a much smaller gathering, still wanting to go ahead with uh, getting married and um, having their wedding. So they had this smaller gathering with just their immediate family in the backyard. Um, Beautiful time together. But as it turns out, They had this non-refundable payment for a large amount of food with the catering company that was originally planned for their reception. Rather than just 
lose the money and forget about it and just leave the food. Instead, Melanie and Tyler decided to share a little bit of their joy with other families too. So right after the ceremony, uh, they loaded up pans of chicken and green beans and mashed potatoes and they brought it to a local shelter uh, that houses women and children who are currently homeless. The couple, as you can see, didn't even waste time changing out of their fancy clothes, but they tossed on a hairnet and mask and they served up food, making sure some 150 people or so had a delicious meal that evening, even with cake included. Melanie, the bride, uh, was interviewed by a local news station. As far as anyone knew, this was the first time a couple in Cleveland at least had decided to donate their wedding reception food to the city mission shelter. When she was asked why they decided to donate all this food rather than keep some for themselves or have a big party later on or whatever, I thought her words were so fitting. She said, you know, sometimes love looks like wedding gowns and tuxedos and flowers and a great big party. And other times, she said, love looks like sharing what you have, putting a smile on someone else's face or making sure someone else has a warm meal. Love can take all sorts of shapes and sizes. Love can look like all sorts of different things. And truth be told, we love it when love looks beautiful and happy and lovely. It shows up in predictable places a lot of the times, like a couple exchanging wedding vows on their wedding day, or a parent holding their child, comforting them. I saw sheer love in the eyes of some grandparents sitting right where you are a few weeks ago when they were watching their grandchild sing in the Christmas pageant of here. They were just in love with the cutest little sheep they have ever seen, right? I used to walk around the track at the gym, the Y, uh, early in the morning, and I'd often see this older couple there who would walk around the track as well holding hands. Not, I'm assuming, not because they needed to hold each other up, but just because they were that much in love, I guess. Love can be expressed through a text thread that's checking in with different friends or laughter around a meal. We love it when love looks like that lovely and joy-filled and easy, beautiful. But of course, authentic, genuine love doesn't always look lovely. An image of a parent holding a newborn child is beautiful. I was actually talking to a mom between services last Sunday who was telling me about how her three-year-old had just kind of gotten over a stomach bug and how she had stayed up most of the night, a couple of nights before, sleeping beside him on the floor, cleaning up multiple messes that had happened when he didn't feel well. That is a whole different level of love for a parent. Or every winter about this time, as I pull out of my warm driveway, I'm reminded of when I was 16, and I had my first car, and it sat out on the driveway in the cold during the winter season, and I remembered how my dad, every school morning, would come outside with me and help me scrape the ice and the snow off my car before I headed off to school. Had those few minutes together as we're scraping together in the cold. Sometimes, love looks like sleep deprivation and exhaustion or standing outside in the freezing cold together. It looks like a messy shelter cafeteria where hungry people get to be surprised with a delicious meal like Tyler and Melanie provided.
If you've stepped foot in a store in recent weeks, love might look like candy hearts and stuffed animals or red and pink Valentine's cards. But I'm convinced, actually, that love is more likely to look like forgiveness or working through disagreements. Love isn't always expressed through the words, I love you, but can also be in the words, I'm sorry, or forgive me, or how can I help? Love is sometimes anything but lovely. And to love another person, any person, friend or family or whoever that might be, can be challenging and tiring and grueling and even frustrating at times. But for some reason, none of those words, none of those descriptions show up in this familiar, very often quoted portion of scripture that is all about love. I am nearly certain that you have probably heard that passage before, most likely at a wedding. It is beautiful words, of course. It has this sound to it of a poetic ode to love, written to two people about to exchange vows, deeply cherish each other, staring into each other's eyes. Couples love to choose this scripture reading as part of their wedding. I'm sure maybe some of you have. because it sounds lovely. Here's the funny part about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Is that if you were to read, sit down and read chapters 1 through 12 of 1 Corinthians, you would likely first quickly realize that Paul, the author who's writing this letter, he is writing to people not who cherish and adore each other, looking lovingly into each other's eyes, but in fact, just the opposite. He's writing to people, a, a community, a church, who can't stand the sight of each other. He is writing to people who have been arguing over everything from what clothes people should wear to what worship should look like to who are the best leaders among this community. This section of scripture isn't actually a poetic love uh, poem at all. You could almost go back and read it in the tone of a parent who has maybe headed up to here to the, of the nitpicking and the selfishness and the accusations that are being hurled back and forth between siblings. So here's Paul saying, listen, God has asked us to love one another and love is supposed to be patient and kind. Love is not irritable or resentful. Love is supposed to to overcome all things. As always saying, get the hint. It's hard work, and we've got work to do here. Paul did not have a wedding in mind when he wrote these words. He was thinking of people like you and me, everyday followers of Christ, trying to live up to this faith that we profess. Honestly, these words should probably make us a little uneasy when we hear them because it's saying that the most important thing about being a Christian, to love one another, is also the hardest, the most demanding of us. When we hear those words, love never fails. Paul isn't really talking about emotions and gushy Valentine's cards. He's talking about the kind of love where we wake up every morning and decide to do the generous and compassionate and right thing. Not because we expect something in return, 
Not because there's even maybe a debate about whether the other person deserves it, but just because it's the generous and compassionate and right thing to do. Paul was telling this community of people, this church, that love was greater than, even more important than, faith itself. That last line, these three things abide, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love, not even faith. If we can't learn to love one another, then even our faith is meaningless. I imagine that's hopefully part of why we show up in this space to begin with, to be reminded of what intentional love looks like. Love could look like a meal, even as simple as it might be, where every single person has a seat at the table. No one is excluded. Everyone is invited to be part of it. Love looks like a blessed mess that happens when you bring a whole bunch of people together in one room who think or look or believe or act differently than one another, but respect each other, listen to one another, learn from each other, find value in the other. And at our best, this church could be the very place where love thrives. As C.S. Lewis once wrote, don't waste time wondering whether you love your neighbor. Just act like you did. (laughs) Just act as if you did. We get to practice that every time we step through these doors, and then hopefully we get to live it every time we walk out of these doors as well. Maybe instead of thinking of 1 Corinthians 13 as the love chapter, which it's often referred to as, we should rename it the Christ chapter. Because the love that is described here isn't necessarily lovely and beautiful. It isn't without complications among these people who are trying to figure out how to get along. When we're at our best, love is patient. Even when we're exhausted, love is kind even when we're annoyed with the other person. Love is not arrogant or rude. Even when we know that we're right and the other person is wrong. Love for one another can show up in all sorts of places and in any number of ways. There's one thing we know for sure, though, that love always looks like Jesus. So sometimes, if we can work really hard, love can also look like us. Amen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind.
we turn now to God in prayer, speaking those words Jesus has taught us through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Wherever you may find yourself in the coming days, whatever your days might hold or whoever you are with, may love show up in some beautiful and even surprising ways. May you feel strengthened by God's love for you and find ways to share that love with one another. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way, you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.